I begin today with a brief mention of our recent scuba trip. Yeah, I know. Again. I tell you why, out of eight dive shops in Atlanta, several being much closer, I didn't pick one of those when I went to have our stuff repaired and serviced. I tell you of the day I had that may remind you of the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Oh, that's not ringing a bell for you? Huh, okay, maybe I won't be referencing that book. I tell you how, if you're feeling like Alexander, without referencing him, all you need to do is, well, obviously, apply a little statistics. All on the way to answering the question, what is the chance of that? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. As I've mentioned before, probably only once, Sarah and I took a scuba trip to the islands of Indonesia a couple of weeks ago. When we got back, I took a couple of pieces of our equipment to get cleaned and serviced. I live in Midtown Atlanta in a condo building, and scuba shops are rather particular about what brands of gear they will service. If they don't sell the brand, then they often won't service it. So it turned out to be a bigger chore than I expected because Sarah and I don't use the same brand of scuba gear. So finding a shop that would take her gear and my gear, well, just turned out to be more effort than I expected. There are closer shops, but I wound up having to drive 30 minutes away to find a store that would do the servicing. And the servicing itself took longer than I expected. But last week, the stuff was finally ready, so I drove back out there to the shop to pick it all up. When I entered the shop, there was no one to be seen, so I wandered the store as I waited for someone to come out. Now, I could hear voices in the back, so I knew there were people there, but the voices seemed very far back in the shop. And I wasn't in a hurry. And as I said, I decided just to look around and be patient. At one point, after I'd been looking around a little bit, I turned back towards the counter to see if anyone had quietly emerged while I'd been looking through the shop, only to see that there had been a customer standing there at the counter the whole time. But I hadn't seen this customer because she'd been shielded from my view because, well, she was fairly small and standing behind a display that was probably five feet tall right in front of the door when you walk in. It was an older woman, and by that, I mean I perceived her as being older than me. Now, I am frequently wrong about these things, and I would be embarrassed to tell you how many times I see some guy and I think, man, that guy's really old, only to hear later that he's five years younger than I am. So who knows her actual age? As I said, she was not very tall, she had short gray hair, and when I saw her, She looked at me and smiled, and it was one of those distinctive, warm, friendly smiles, genuine, that not everyone can manage. I smiled back at her and continued to wait. When someone finally emerged from the back, I realized that he was already helping her, so he took care of her, finished with her, and then he turned to me. And he seemed profoundly put out with me that I had been waiting and that he hadn't known I was there. He was one of those guys who helps you in a continuously curt and slightly annoyed kind of manner. But I eventually got my stuff and decided to treat myself to lunch out before heading home. 
I found a place that I wanted to eat, and I was seated by the hostess, who also seemed rather irritated that she had to show me where I was going to sit. I guess there's something about me that day that just irritated people by my presence. Anyway, I sit for about 15 minutes reading the newspaper on my iPad, and then it dawns on me, I've been here for a while and no one's come by my table. I've seen servers walking all around serving other tables. So I returned to the hostess stand, and I asked the hostess who seated me if there was a server assigned to my table, because I know sometimes when stations are assigned at the beginning of a shift, sometimes a table gets left out, forgotten. And she was really annoyed and walked away without saying a word to me. I stood for another couple of minutes in the hostess area thinking she would come back, and she eventually did. But when she did, she didn't look at me or acknowledge me. A different hostess, who was reading the situation, turned to my hostess and told her that I was looking for my servers. And my hostess turns to the other hostess and says, she's in the kitchen, okay? The second hostess looked at me with an apologetic shrug, and I left. The next restaurant I tried, I pulled up in the parking lot, only to discover the restaurant was closed. It was supposed to be open, but it wasn't. I looked it up to see if the hours had changed, and what I found looked like they had failed a health inspection. The following two restaurants were not allowing people in the restaurant. They were only doing takeout right now. And eating a sandwich or lunch in my car as I drove home seemed the opposite of a fun or special experience that day. So in a sour mood and disappointed and feeling like the universe was conspiring against me, I headed home. Finally, after the long journey back, I pulled into our parking garage and pulled into my space. I retrieved our scuba gear from the trunk and then began to walk towards the elevator lobby. As I approached the lobby, I was passing a car in the garage and going to walk around it, and movement caught my eye, and I realized there's someone in the car. I looked to see who it was, as you would, and I noticed it was a small, older lady with short gray hair, and when I looked at her, she smiled at me, and it was one of those distinctive, warm and friendly smiles that not everyone can manage. Yes, it was that same woman I'd seen at the scuba shop. She waved enthusiastically at me as she collected her stuff. I waited for her to get out of the car, and we had a wonderful conversation about travel and scuba and the really unlikely chance that we connect twice in that day in the way that we had. It was just a really fun and surprising moment to happen as a part of my day. I was reading the newspaper recently, and there was an article about, you've probably seen the story, two former FBI officials who are being audited by the IRS. And the article asked one simple question. It was really a mathematical question. What's the statistical probability of these two men both being selected for the same kind of audit? Now, when I was in college, I took a lot of math, and I loved probability and statistics. So I immediately said, I'm going to read this article. I was less interested in the news, to be honest, than I was the math behind it. The article said something interesting. Not surprising, but interesting. If you take a coin and flip it 20 times, there's roughly a one in a million chance that you will get all heads. There's roughly one in a million chance that you will get all tails. I think we all know that. But here's the more interesting reality. If you flip a coin 20 times, whatever the sequence of heads and tails you get, that sequence is incredibly rare. That exact sequence of heads and tails has a probability of still about one in a million. 
exactly the same thing as all heads or all tails. Any particular sequence you toss has roughly a probability of about one in a million. So what is the probability that I drive 30 minutes north to a dive shop, run into someone who lives in my building who I've never met before, who I'll run into again when I get home? I imagine the odds are pretty small, really small. But the truth is that the odds of many things in our lives are pretty small, given all the variables that come into play in our lives every single day. Look, it's not just that there's someone in my building that also scuba dives and we frequent the same shop. It's that there were a host of things for both of us that could have caused us to pick a different day, a different time, or that even after driving to so many restaurants on my part, the improbability that we wound up in the garage at the exact same time. This day was noteworthy for me because when I came pulling back into the garage, I was in a sour mood. What should have been a fun trip because I love going to the scuba shop, any scuba shop. What should have been a fun trip had been, well, anything but fun. And then I ran into this fellow diver and her wonderful smile and the chance to make a new friend and, well, everything changed. This really isn't an episode with any theology in it. Simply how understanding the rarity of things can bring some helpful perspective into life. When I saw Vicki, and that's her name, sitting in her car in the garage, I was struck by the sheer improbability of the moment, and I instantly found my mood elevated. Moments like this don't happen very often, and I need to acknowledge and celebrate the rarity. And what struck me after this moment, and this is weird, is just how common ultra-rare experiences are. Wait, what? Just as tossing a coin 20 times is going to give you a sequence that is statistically unlikely every single time you toss it 20 times. Matter of fact, our lives are filled with wonderful occurrences that happen all the time that, if we thought about them, are just as rare. We should treasure the rarity of all the wonderful things that happen in our lives. The sheer improbability of any of them is a wonder and a delight. Oh, and being aware of the improbability of things, well, it can help you when things go bad as well. Look, I never got to have lunch on that day, and it truly seemed like the world, the universe, was conspiring against me. But sometimes the coin tosses of life just come up with a bunch of tails. And it helps to remember that no one's out to get you, so let it go. I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, I traveled to go do a wedding out of town. I got to the hotel, and they'd lost my reservation. The taxi got lost driving me to the church for the rehearsal. And when the rehearsal ended, I stepped out of the church onto the sidewalk, and a bird pooped on my head. Well, that part isn't exactly accurate, because judging by what landed on my head, I managed to catch the droppings of the very last surviving pterodactyl in the world. Fortunately, it was that last event that broke things for me. I realized I'm not unlucky. I'm not cursed. The universe isn't conspiring against me. Sometimes the improbable just happens. It's that awareness that can sometimes be the difference between letting the events of the day break you or just breaking out in laughter at the sheer improbability of it all. 
So here's my suggestion for you. Take a lesson from the 20 coin flips. Life is filled with some incredibly rare events. And that knowledge may help you slow down and celebrate the improbability of all the good stuff, the wonderful things that happen in your life every single day. And shrug off, or better yet, just laugh off the bad stuff as you ponder, what are the chances of that? That's all for today. Be sure to check and see if you subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.